please welcome to the Bing Lounge, the Lone Bellow, ladies and gentlemen. Portland's been a magical place in my mind for years, and we're finally here. <laughs> it's great. We've never really played here before, so thank you for joining us.
Yes. Yes. I love my job. This is a good gig. Well done. Well, Bella, welcome to Portland. Kind of sort of back to Portland. Jump on those microphones. Come on up, say hello to everybody. Hello. Hi, hey, everybody. Everybody. Well, their self-titled album is out, and there'll be a pickathon this weekend. And uh, what a blessing it is to have you guys uh, come into our Bing Lounge today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. So it's been the album came out in January. It's been we were talking earlier before. It's been kind of a whirlwind ride. Here's some of the things that have happened. Uh, you've opened up for Robert Plant. That's kind of awesome. Played the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. The band is still going. This is what's going to happen. Pickathon this weekend. Outside Lands, that's in San Francisco. Kind of sort of opening for Paul McCartney, I guess you could say. <laughs> He's playing, and you're playing. Okay. That's how we'll remember Is that it. how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Festivals? Yeah. You can, li exactly. you can listen to it on There's your like resume 30 bands, such. and you're like, we open for, for the Lord. And he was, no. <laughs> Woodstock, too. Yeah, there you go. And then, and then you've got uh, more coming on, the Austin City Limits Festival. But you said the most nerve-wracking experience of the year so far was when you were playing the Conan O'Brien show. Yes. Yes, and why? Well, for one, I mean, you get there at 7 a.m., and uh, you're there thinking about one song, <laughs> thinking about three minutes and 25 seconds until 4.45 p.m., and then you sing the song. <laughs> and when we sang the song... So that was the day our record came out. So Conan O'Brien obviously didn't know who we were. He actually made a joke during the show. He was like, the Lone Bellows playing. Good job, whoever picks the music. I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> and, uh, and then we started playing, and he was at his desk, and he's tall. And um, so we're on the stage, and he's like over here at his desk, and all of his lights are off, and we're playing. And then he just stands up and walks over to the edge of his stage and just gleams over at us like a midnight dark angel of, <laughs> of the past. Yeah. And it, it was nerve-wracking, most little definitely. A little bit intimidating. And then we had to socialize with him. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was also, like you said, early on, right as the record had taken off. So It was an honor. It yeah. was an honor being there. That's really, really cool. So you guys... Go back. Your friendship goes back a ways before the band, correct? True or yeah. false? Yeah. True. True. And your True. and your first gig actually was at a wedding. Kanina and I first sang together. Want to tell the story? At my brother's wedding. So they were college friends, and then I was living in China, like you do, and then <laughs> <laughs> came back to the Duh. states to Nashville to sing at my brother's wedding, and he had paired me up with this guy who I was. 94% sure was insane. Because he was allergic to his boot and ear, so his face was all swollen. <laughs> I didn't know and I was allergic to hair. my boot um, But yeah, we sang Oh Happy Day together while everybody walked out of the church. And that was it. That was the beginning. Definitely. And me and Brian go back. When we met when we were teens, uh, Brian was the first singer-songwriter I had ever met personally and lived with. So... Yeah, so we go we go way back. Brian was doing music in Nashville since like '02, and I was doing music in New York since like '05. And then three years ago, these two moved to Brooklyn, and I had written some really sad songs. 
<laughs> and they helped me find some kind of safe haven for them to live in. Do you want to explain kind of the, the theory as to why maybe some of your songs were sad? I don't know if that has to do with what your wife went through er earlier, where the I'm bulk sure. of your songs were written? <clears throat> I mean, um, I started writing music. My wife uh, fell off a horse at my parents' uh, horse, little horse ranch in uh, Ackworth, Georgia. And she broke C1, C3, C5, and C6 and um, was like diagnosed a quadriplegic. And we were at this incredible hospital called the Shepherd Center. That's um, where Christopher Reeves was, actually. But um, Kenine's older brother was one of these like 15 people that just lived with me in the waiting room for weeks on end. And they would, you know, sit with me through hours of awkward silence and help me process. And there would be moments of just dying laughing because someone would act like they were like going downstairs. You know that trick? <laughs> like behind a window. Um but uh, during that time, I was I was journaling everything, just going through the the different stages of grief, and um, I would write in rhyme just to help kind of process the info. And actually, her brother and my other good friend Caleb Clardy, I was like, man, you should learn how to play the guitar and sing at the same time, and somehow just turn these into like four minute songs and just go play the open mic just to get it out, just to scream at strangers. <laughs> So that's where music found like kind of a, a place in, in my heart. But that was nine years ago. Yeah. And your wife's doing great. And you're ex yes, yes. expecting his third child in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. So all those friends, we were like, man, if some miracle happens and my wife Stacy gets better, can never walk again, let's all move to New York City together and just do life together. Just live as close as we can and try to walk to each other's houses. So... She did, and um, it's like we've been in Brooklyn for the past eight years, and uh, we've got little kids that are, like, falling in love with each other now and all this mess, and we're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, it's, it's got a happy ending, and now a, a, a great beginning with the Lone Bellow. So thanks for coming in. See them at Pickathon this weekend. Get their self-titled album. It is out. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Lone Bellow. Thanks, you guys. after that happy story we'll sing a song about marital strife <laughs> yeah it's called you don't love me like you used to y'all clap if you want it's like right. you don't love me like you used to just a spirit haunting my bed House I built for you feels like a tomb. You don't love me like you used to. You waited at the bus stop, flowers in hand. A yellow tulip for each hour we'd spend. A popper now, my broken heart, an empty head. That always wanted just to hold you close. I'm buried in the pockets of my coat Along with all the notes I wrote If I'd have thought you'd read But you don't love me like you used to You don't hear me when 
in here. Takes us more. Our white hot ways may look 
fell off a giant pile of luggage last night because all the strings are breaking. It's okay. I'm not upset. Well, this is our last song. But uh, honestly, thank you for, for listening to us sing our songs. We're honored and, and grateful. And we look forward to uh, meeting you guys right after this and then going to the waterfall. <laughs> In the Rose Garden. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Well, if y'all want, y'all can sing this with me. I'll teach you the chorus of girls. That's how it goes. Try to sing it together.
Thank you very much for coming. Kink Live in the Big Lounge, The Lone Bellow, ladies and gentlemen. Outstanding. <laughs>